Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm going to push the button on my guest line here for a little college basketball conversation. Our very own bracketologist at CBS Sports, CBSSports.com. Jerry Palm, good enough to hop aboard with us. How's your Saturday night going, Jerry? Better than it is for, say, Baylor, <laughs> Maryland, you know, although Maryland still got a half to play, you know, Florida State, Duke, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a chaotic day at the top of the bracket. Uh, almost everybody's losing, <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun to try and do a bracket on Monday. Exactly. Now, yeah, you're gonna hold off till Monday. I know you do it periodically. It's not like a once a week thing on CBSSports.com. No. How often do you update it? Uh, Mondays and Fridays. However, beginning next Monday, it'll be every day if there's a change. Uh, there's some days there probably won't be a change. You know, there's a couple smaller conference tournaments or something going on, but uh, um, every, every day there's a change from here on out. Understood. And there's going to be, I, I won't say massive changes, but some pretty good changes this week because of all of the upsets. Uh, completely honest, Jerry, there's no team that stamped itself as the favorite so far. I would say Gonzaga's probably on the top line of the top line right now. But Gonzaga has been uh, beatable this year, and they don't look like a runaway freight train like we've had in previous seasons where you could identify one or two teams. All right, these are the two top teams. That just hasn't been the case all year in college basketball. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if I were going to pick one, I guess right now I'd pick Kansas, but you wouldn't know it by today um, when they had a tough game at Kansas State, of course. Uh, the bouquet uh, sat out a lot of that game with an injury. Uh, he got hurt, came back, wasn't the same, you know. And that's a guy that they really need. Uh, it's, uh, they're a completely different team without him. But it's uh, yeah, it's been just a weird day. Uh, you may not see much of a shakeup because when everybody loses, nobody loses, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not like somebody that's a six seed is all of a sudden going to be a two because everybody lost ahead of them. And then the bracket's not a poll anyway, you know. It's, it's not like if you lose, you automatically move down. A loss changes your resume, but you've played 30 games. So, you know, you played 130th of your schedule today. Uh, that loss can have an impact. But, you know, it's different than in January when it's 115th of your schedule. I just uh, looked up your bracketology. I forgot from earlier in the week when I checked that you had Duke on the three line. Uh, I think I had them on the two. Uh, and they're a unique team this year in that, 
I don't believe that they've necessarily got a lottery pick on their roster. Usually Duke gets two and or sometimes three guys taken in the upcoming NBA draft in the lottery. They don't have that star type player this year. I said, well, now this will be a year that Krzyzewski will actually win the whole thing because he doesn't have someone who's going to be first, second, or third pick in the draft. But they came up small against Virginia this year, uh, excuse me, this week, earlier today. And uh, they're a good team, but I don't know that they're a great team. I was just trying to come up with a way to figure out who can I make a case for, and I don't think I can make one for Duke as a uh, championship night team. Probably not. Uh, they, they looked more like one last year, and, of course, they didn't even get to – the, the elite eight last year, so you know it's you can you never know. They do have talented players. I mean, Trey Jones is a is a pretty good player. Vernon uh, Carey, you know, I mean, they've got guys that can play, but um, you know, it's uh, it, they don't seem to be. It's it's weird because almost all of their losses are to teams that are not going to the tournament. Um, or at least not at large quality teams. But Virginia is. Uh, they're not going to get a great seat, but they'll they'll be in the tournament. Louisville, but NC State, you know, Clemson, Wake Forest. Those are not tournament teams. Stephen F. Austin may go because they win their league, but they're not an at-large team. So, yeah, it's been a weird year for Duke. It's just the inconsistency and uh, seeming inability to bring the, the, the amount of energy they need to play on the road, especially every night. All right, I'm going to ask you this question, and then you're going to explain to us how you dis- uh, discern it because different people discern it differently. What's the best conference in college basketball right now? The Big Ten, the, the depth of the Big Ten this year is insane. I mean, obviously there's two teams that are not competitive with the rest, but the other 12 have been NCAA tournament contenders uh, late into the season and only recently has Minnesota fallen off. And even Purdue isn't mathematically eliminated yet. It's, it's unlikely they're going to get in. But, uh, you know, all 12 of them are not going to make it. I think nine is a more realistic number. It could be 10. Uh, but it's uh, – the, the depth and the strength of the depth of that league this year has been remarkable. Where does the uh, Big East fill in behind? Uh, right, right behind. Yeah, they're, they're number two. Very deep league. Uh, no bad teams in that league. No nights off anywhere in that league. Uh, they might put you know, only six or seven teams in the tournament. Uh, seven is, of course, a great number in a 10-team league. But, uh, you know, Providence has made a late run from, you know, being dead in the water. Uh, to possibly be in a tournament team now, another big win today for them. Uh, it's been, uh, but they've got three teams. I think they could legitimately win the whole thing. When you're trying to figure out who's going to not only make the the bracket, you got them in, you figured they're going to get in, but then figure out that they can win when they get there. In this year, which do you think means more, finishing strong regular season into your conference tournament, or tourney tested tough from the beginning of the year? Uh, good outside the conference schedule, playing in a good conference, which will enthuse you more when you decide whether you can get a team to an Elite Eight or a Final Four? Well, I, I think how you finish doesn't really matter much. I mean, we've seen teams finish strong and then peter out the tournament, and then we've seen, you know, the Kemba Walker-led UConn team go from being a bubble team before their conference tournament started to a 7C to a national championship. Uh, you, so but it's not a, a real reliable predictor of success of the tournament, how you finish. So I think it's really, I mean, I guess I would rather go with someone who's uh, battle-tested, whether it's inside or outside the league. Uh, but I like good guard play. That's really important in the tournament when there are fewer possessions and ball security than a premium. 
Uh, and I like teams that can shoot. That may sound simple, right? If you can put the ball in the basket. I like teams that are good shooting teams. If it, I mean, good defense is good just because, you know, defense uh, will keep you in games when your shooting's not so good. But ultimately, I'd like to see a team that can hit shots. One of the teams that's been dancing as a two, three, uh, borderline, one-line seat, one uh, line seated team has been Dayton all year. I saw what they did last night, made like 20-something shots in a row from two-point range. They missed a couple of threes, but they made over the course of the game, almost the entire course of the game, every two-shot uh, that they took, uh, which was off the charts good. Did they shoot it well enough to get to a Final Four? Absolutely. That that team is good enough to win the whole thing. And they've got, you know, they're a good defensive team. They're a very efficient offensive team. They've got an NBA guy at, at Obi Toppin. Uh, they've got another guy, Jared Crusher, who's who's an outstanding player as well. And, and you know, good guys around them. It's, uh, yeah, they're they're definitely a threat to win the whole thing. That's, uh, and do you think their conference tournament is enough to get them prepped for the big dance? Well, so I mean, their conference has got some good teams in it. Uh, they may end up being the only team in from their league, but uh, Rhode Island and Richmond are pretty good teams as well. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but they, you know, they took Kansas to overtime. They took Colorado to overtime. They're basically two points from being undefeated. Oh, so this is a really good team. Fair enough. We're talking to our very own Jerry Palm, uh, college basketball expert for CBS Sports, cbsports.com. Um, in a year like this, when there is no runaway favorite, there is no team that's measured dominance over everyone, does top-flight coaching, maybe even experience in the tournament coaching, get advanced, be that much more important when you don't have a team that's just stud and star from top to bottom? I think it's actually overrated. Uh, it's a, to me, coaching is uh, more important in the regular season, navigating a regular season, keeping your guys sharp, uh, getting them better as they approach the tournament. Then when you get to the tournament, I think it's a player's tournament. Ooh, that's a uh, little bit of a surprising answer. I would tend to disagree with you on that one. But that's okay. That's why they make vanilla and chocolate. <laughs> um uh, they do the pod system when we get to the tournament. There's always complaints about teams that are given geographical advantages, but I understand it. They're also trying to sell tickets and get teams to uh, get buildings filled when they have these tournaments and uh, if you can get a team close enough to home. Do you think the NCAA tournament committee does a good job of doing that? Have you seen questionable decisions or favoritism over the last several years? What's your take on when teams get specific locations in uh, tournament matchups so they get a what seems to be a perceived home court advantage? Well, the higher seeds have earned that, in a sense. So I don't have a problem with higher seeds getting uh, you know, home crowd advantages. It's, uh, it's really the goal to get teams to play as close to home as possible. That's the feedback that the committee has received from the schools. We'd rather play close to home than, than have to go to you know, far-flung places that and you've got a good example of that even this year. Uh, Brian Dutcher, the coach of San Diego State, has you know seen his team bracketed uh, in mock brackets as a one seed in the East, and he said we'd rather be a two in the West. You know, our fans aren't going to come, going to be able to go to New York to watch us. We, we'd rather be a two seed in the West than a one seed in the East. 
And that is uh, oftentimes what the tournament committee has to uh, wrestle with uh, when they get there. Do you take a the four team in the uh, uh, maybe the four team overall and say, well, we'll make them the top team in the uh, uh, East Coast, West Coast, whichever is uh, more favorable to them? Uh, that's one of the fun well, things about. They don't change seeds anymore. They used to do that kind of thing, and sometimes they would do it for geographic purposes. But now they don't. Uh, whatever seeds you get, you're going to get the best you can. Um, but uh, your seeds, your seeds. Understood. But do you not think when they're debating the seeds overall that that kind of mindset can actually filter in ahead of time? That even though you and I think might think San Diego State should be the fourth one, they end up the uh, second two in the West. And the tournament committee is going to say afterwards, of course, that, well, they received the number five, and that's why we put them out there. It, it, it comes down to when they're debating it out, does it not? No, I can't imagine that it does. Because when you're doing those debates and you're in the weeds of all these teams' resumes, where that team is located, just can't it just can't filter in your mind. There's no room for it in your mind at that point. Okay. I don't think it should, but I would not be surprised if it does. But we'd have to get all the committee members and hook them up to lie detectors to get to the bottom of it. I d- it wouldn't it would it'd be no problem. What is the one conference tournament that you will say I gotta be in front of the T V for almost every single one of their games? Well you mentioned that the Big Ten is the uh, best yeah, conference over the play. course of the year, the tournament you expect to be the best as well? Yeah. That that tournament could be won by literally anybody. Okay, maybe not Nebraska and Northwestern, but Minnesota, Purdue, Rutgers, you know, the teams that are you know, going to be near the bottom of the standings that are all in the top 40 of the net, any one of those teams could win the tournament, Indiana and anybody. It, it's going to be that wide open because these teams have done so well on their home floors Collectively, now nobody has a home floor. So, well, I guess we get the tournament in Indianapolis, so Indiana will have a home crowd. But uh, it's uh, it's not going to be uh, you know home court advantages like we've seen in conference play, and uh, and really a wide open tournament. All right, is there one team that has been a stalwart? We know who the uh, veritably locked in every single year NCAA tournament teams are. Um, is there one that's sitting on a maybe slightly above 500 year, got a good win or two, but got some really ugly losses that when we go through the field going to say, well, where the hell is blank that that team isn't in the dance when we're used to seeing them? They've been in 19 out of the last 20 dances or whatever. Well, North Carolina is the obvious answer there. Right. I mean, their season went completely off the rails. Uh, gosh, right about the beginning of December, uh, it's been a complete mess for them, and uh, they just—they can't do anything. I mean, they except beat North Carolina State apparently, and maybe keep them out of the tournament. But it's a, uh, yeah, it's been a disaster for North Carolina this year, and obviously, you know, that's a team that is a regular in the NCAA tournament, not just you know, in the tournament, but a very high seed. That's where I thought you were going, Jerry. At least that we agree on. I'm, I think college uh, basketball coaches earn their money during the tournament and step up and have a bigger influence. You say it's during the regular season. We'll see what plays out this year. Uh, Good stuff. We appreciate you coming on with us tonight. We'll certainly be touching base plenty over the next month. Talk to you, Jerry. Right. Thanks. Jerry Palm, uh, college basketball bracketologist for us at CBS, CBS CBSSports.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.